You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Hey, everybody. I'm Sean Reynolds, the owner of Summer Properties Northwest, Reynolds Decline Appraisal, and your host of this episode of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Today, I am on my own. My guy Darian's at lunch, and Nikki, who's normally here, my video and sound engineer, he's um, doing some other stuff. So I am doing everything by myself today. So if there are some technical difficulties, you have one guy to blame, and that is me. But we are talking about defunding the Seattle Police Department. That's one of the big, big pushes of CHOP slash CHAZ that uh, they wanted to defund the Seattle Police Department by 50%. Another couple of their um, their demands uh, as they were leaving CHOP where they wanted to have more money spent on um, basically social issues. They also wanted to uh, homelessness and a bunch of other stuff. And um, their third requirement is they wanted all the protesters let out of jail. But the big one, and the big one that we are dealing with right now is the possibility that the Seattle Police Department actually might get defunded by 50%. And what does that look like? I don't know about you, but in, in my mind, when I hear defund the police, less money to the police department, that just doesn't seem like a reasonable idea. And I think there's a ton of other people who also feel like that's a crazy idea. Why would you want to do that? I think there's this idea that if you defund the police, they're going to have to take a closer look at what they're doing and maybe be more accountable for their actions. But for me, in reality, what little I know about law enforcement is you start to cut budgets, first thing that's going to go is training. So the training you need to give these police officers, that's going to go away. And so then you're going to have more behavior that arguably is exactly what the Black Lives Matters protesters are trying to avoid. Now, I, I think the big thing with CHOP and with the protesters is that there are some pretty widely varying interests going on here. You've got Black Lives Matter movement. You've got other movements that don't necessarily align with that. And kind of all their voices are being heard. And then we've got this crazy Seattle council that is basically saying with a 7-2 to two vote last week that they're going to defund the Seattle Police Department by 50%. So on this podcast, we're going to take a hard look at what do, what does that actually mean. And I'm going to do, I'm going to read an article from Jason Rance. Um, he's a local uh, media guy. He's had a lot of input on here. You might have seen him on Fox. I've got a, an article from King um, local station here. And then I've got uh, a letter from the Seattle... Um, the Seattle, not mayor, but uh, Chief Best from the Seattle Police Department, her interpretation of what goes on. And then I've got another uh, little article that I'm going to read with a an opinion from a former uh, prosecutor, what defunding the police would be. So I'm trying to bring a variety of viewpoints to this topic because it is a hot topic. But for the most part, if you're a homeowner and you've got a vested interest in Seattle, you need to kind of understand what's going on, what your city of Seattle council is proposing and the impact it could have to lifestyles and, and property in Seattle alone, home prices. If you've got some crazy uh, crime going on, your property values are not going to increase at the same rate as other areas, say Bellevue, who don't have those crimes. 
So let's jump on in. I'm not saying that's going to happen immediately, but when you take away resources from an outfit as important as the police, the police that keep you away from the bad guys, they're the buffer in between you and, um, you know, the bad guys. And if you don't have that, guess what? You're going to have to deal with it. And if you're not prepared to deal with it, well, you're going to have to if you live in Seattle. So let's jump on in to some of the issues going on here. This is Jason Rance. It's time to fight Seattle's defund police movement before it's too late. All right. If the reasonable, rational voters of Seattle don't immediately fight back against the council's dangerous embrace of the defund the police movement, it will be too late. The council has a veto-proof majority to cut the Seattle Police Department budget by 50%, a number to get them halfway to abolition, which is a very, which is very clearly their goal. They want to get rid of police. People want to get rid of police. And I know there's a big argument, well, if we defund the police and we send a bunch of their workload over to these social workers, you can do that in smaller cities. You can do that in smaller towns. But in Seattle, it's a big urban city, and you've got big urban city crime problems. You're not going to be able to do what you're talking about with some social workers. Not going to happen, because you've got a bunch of Looney Tunes running around the streets of Seattle, and the only people who are equipped to handle it, guess what, are the police. That's, that's bottom line. You, you just can't avoid that. All right, but what we're asking for has already been tried. And talking about defunding the police or uh, talking about abolition of police. Uh, indeed, CHOP was the perfect example of why these outrageous plans will be so deadly. Lives are quite literally on the line if these rapidly progressive activist council members get their way and you have less than two weeks to act. That's kind of the timeline on this 50% reduction in the uh, police budget. Um, and the mayor is basically, I, I haven't heard anything from the mayor whether she's on board, but you know, she's been a proponent of the protesters, so I don't really know how that's going to work out. Um, Seattle Council will defund police. Taking their clues from a small but vocal activist class, the ones who spend their time online demonizing cops and threatening to murder them while council member Teresa Mosqueda cheers them on. The council is set to push four policies. Some are specific, others nebulously defined like affordable housing. Instead of cops policing Seattle streets, activists on the council want nebulously defined community-led solutions to crises. Only, we know this will fail. How do we know? The experiment known as CHOP implemented this very policy. The very same activists and community members pushing this defunding plan were the ones pursuing CHOP. A number of community groups took control of a small piece of Capitol Hill, and in just a matter of days, the failed nation had a highest per capita crime rate in the world. Also had the higher, highest murder rate of black teenagers, didn't it? So you can talk all you want about, oh, CHOP wasn't that bad or it wasn't that violent. But I've got probably, I don't know, I'm guessing a million and a half views on my CHOP content. I spent a lot of time over at CHOP because that was a very real issue happening in Seattle. And I wanted to cover it and be able to come on a podcast like this and say, hey, CHOP was a disaster. You had 65 crimes in like three weeks. You had people getting murdered, you had rape, you had robbery, you had assault, you had theft, you had arson, you had businesses being broken into. And that's just in a handful of weeks. And that's without police. That's with CHOP basically doing their own police and their own medic work, volunteer. That didn't go well. That was just a terrible, terrible social experiment. So when there were issues, CHOP used de-escalation experts to intervene. The result? The community-led CHOP experiment caused two bl dead black teenagers, 
four black men injured in gun violence, an attempted rape, an arson against a business, vandalism, assaults, media censorship, and daily skirmishes. That happened. That happened in CHOP. It just got over not that long ago. The council pretended it was peaceful because they were partly responsible for the illegal occupation. There's nothing peaceful about those protesters over there at CHOP. The guys that stayed to the bitter end, they were not peaceful. Just not. Uh, council members Dan Strauss, Lorena Gonzalez, Teresa Mosqueda, Shama Sawant, Lisa Herbold, and Andrew Lewis helped form Chaz slash CHOP with their early activism to kick cops out of the East Precinct. Now, we all know the Seattle Police Department lost their East Precinct, and if you want to blame the mayor, you want to blame the police chief, whatever, but the police were just being hammered on, and they basically were put under pressure to give up the police station in a in like this good faith gesture to these crazy protesters. And here's a, uh, here's a little clip, and it's got uh, on Jason Rance's article. Man shouts to at Seattle to Police Department, take your guns, put them onto your chin, and pull the trigger. I need you to kill yourselves. That is a normal, everyday statement made by protesters to police departments all over. That's just what protesters do. You should kill yourselves. You should commit suicide over and over and over again. That's what police hear from protesters. So if you want to consider that nonviolent, you can. But in my world, telling somebody else to kill themselves, that's, that's pretty violent. Um, and then he goes on to say that uh, Teresa Mosqueda says, the anger is justified in King County CM. Uh, says, I've seen nothing but peaceful people out here. And that's just not true. If you were at CHOP, you would know it wasn't peaceful. It was a, it, it was crazy. It was just nuts all the way around. You had just Looney Tune people on, you know, megaphones just talking crazy stuff. You can see that in any one of my videos on CHOP. CHOP Exposed or CHOP at Night. I mean, you've, you just got crazy people running around. One specific, here's the civilian 911 call center. That's what we're talking about now. One specific plan from the defund police Seattle camp is to turn the 911 call center over to civilian read activist control. Ideological anti-cop activists will decide what to do when you call in your emergency. So if you're a Seattle resident and you're calling 911, guess what? You may or may not get some help if this, if this whole thing actually goes through. Get active. The time is now. And this is Jason Rance basically talking to Seattle residents. If you do nothing, you will regret what happens to Seattle. When you need police, they won't be there for you. There won't be many left to help. Crime will go up as it did in the CHOP. Indeed, the disaster that the CHOP quickly became will reach from West Seattle and Northgate to Magnolia and Greenwood. I agree with that. Right now, the only thing that can realistically be done is to put the fear of God into every single one of the council members by telling them that you are paying attention and their political futures truly do hang in the balance. You must contact the seven council members supporting defunding. Contact info is at the end of this blog. And firmly but civilly let them know where you stand on their plan. The more you write and call, the more worried they will become. There are so many more of us here than CHOP act activists. We just have jobs and responsibilities, unable to, com to commit our lives to an ideological cause. Now it's time to make for a time for a few phone calls and emails. That's a really important thing. So if you are a resident of Seattle, I know everybody's hustling. I know people are freaked out about their kids going back to school. They're freaked out if they're going to have a job. Can I make rent? Can I pay my mortgage? 
all of this crazy COVID stuff. And that's why I think a lot of this defunding and a lot of this ideological stuff is going on because there's so many other distractions. The residents of Seattle are like, I don't have time to do any of this. Well, what Jason Rance is saying is that you need to make time. Otherwise, you are possibly going to become a victim of crime um, because inevitably the crime will go up. When you defund the police, the crime levels don't drop. They, in my opinion, they're going to get, they're going to increase because all of a sudden you've got career criminals going, you know what? There's nobody really policing us. There's nobody really telling us no. And guess what? If we get caught, they're not really going to prosecute us. So let's keep going and let's increase our crime just that much more because why not? Why shouldn't they? And I'm skipping down here a little bit. And if you think this is a Seattle only issue, think again. Bad Seattle policies spread. The council's tackling of homeless inspired similarly baffling plans in Puyallup and Olympia. The attack on gun rights in Seattle inspired the same in Edmonds. Ban bags in Seattle? Bam. Bothell follows suit. So they're talking about if this goes through in Seattle, it's going to go probably go through in other areas. What do you think will happen when the city follows through with the defund police movement? The activists in the King County Council already trying to take over the sheriff's office, turning it into an activist force. While it protects the rabidly anti-cop activists tasked with providing independent oversight, they're brazen. They're not hiding their intent. So contact the Seattle Council now if you care about your lifestyle, property values, your family. Um, we don't need we don't need half the police force in place. You need better training, and um, you're not going to get that when we cut things down horribly. All right. I got an ad that came up here. All right, so here's the second article. What would defunding Seattle police look like? Former prosecutor weighs in. A law enforcement consultant argued cutting the Seattle Police Department budget in half wouldn't necessarily be catastrophic. But at night, it might. It probably will be. But it's not necessarily catastrophic. The Capitol Hill organized protest known as CHOP may be gone, but one of the demanders protests called for defunding the police department continues to be a point of contention for the mayor, police chief, and city council. Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin and Police Chief Carmen Best agree that change is necessary. What they disagree on is what that change will look like. I don't want the people of Seattle to test out a theory that crime goes away if police goes away. That's what Seattle Police Chief Carmen Best said. Doesn't that seem just reasonable? Doesn't that seem like a reasonable statement? You take away the police, yeah, you're not taking away the crime. The crime goes up. Best released a public letter and video Friday calling demands for a 50% cut to her budget, neither realistic or rational. And I'm going to read the parts of that letter from uh, Police Chief Best. A call to budget started on Capitol Hill after protesters successfully took over six blocks, managing to uh, keep police out for weeks. Protesters want the funds reallocated to other social services. So when you've got a knife-wielding lunatic that's six foot four, 275 pounds, you're going to send out a social worker? Mm. Probably don't want to see that in my neighborhood, but if Seattle, if you're okay with that, go for it. So should these cuts happen, best warned of massive layoffs and delayed 911 response times. You would have an increase in response times, and some calls would just go unanswered said Bob Scales, a law enforcement consultant. Scales said a 50% cut would increase 911 times, but the former city of Seattle deputy prosecutor said massive cuts wouldn't necessarily be catastrophic. Simply put, he says the police budget is and always has been massive. 
That's because you got a lot of crime in Seattle. You need a big, big police force. I don't think anybody's arguing that there isn't some fluff in there. But guess what? In all governmental operations, there is some fluff. The one place I don't want to see it cut is probably the police force. Um, simply put, he says the police budget isn't always has been massive. Seattle's police budget is currently about $400 million. Well, that's what it takes to run that business, right? Maybe you've got some in there that you can cut, but not a ton without it really impacting the citizens of Seattle. Scales said he, he could see cuts for rarely used units like Harbor Patrol and Mounted Police. These specialized units provide highly technical services that are good to have but are rarely used. But that one time you need it and you're like, oh, yeah, we cut that department. We're going to have to let that crime spree just go. You know, it, you know the 2020 budget cuts. Oh, we just lost that whole department. Oops. All right. So um, a deep roster of highly paid top brass could also be considered. Yeah, but that's who kind of runs the police department, right? It's a significant expenditure, and it's certainly something that you could cut without cutting any core policing services. So, so what we're getting here in this article is just, yeah, you might be able to cut a few things, but 50%, this isn't really analyzing what happens at 50%. All right, so let's move on. If Seattle defunded its police department, what would happen next? And this is a Como News. From protesters to academics, there are plenty of strong opinions about what the Seattle Police Department would look like if its funding was drastically slashed, which is what some Seattle Council members and civic activists are lobbying for. But if there really is no precedent for such a defending of a major American city similar to the size of Seattle, and there is little consensus on how the cutting the department's budgets would impact policing and the community, that's we don't really know how this is going to impact things. We don't have a format for this because it's never really been done on the size of Seattle. Other smaller cities, yeah, with lesser crime, yeah, you can get away with that. But Seattle's a big city. There's, uh, what, close to 800,000 people in the Seattle proper confines. That's a massive city. You got some massive city problems. You're not going to be able to do what you can do in a smaller community that already has way less prime crime. Defunding the Seattle Police Department by 50% would be an absolute disaster. This is uh, from Christopher Rufo. He's a research fellow at Discovery Institute Center on Wealth and Poverty. And he said massive unintended consequences would result from the move. I think wealthy neighborhoods would hire private security and the poorer neighborhoods would be left to fend for themselves. Doesn't that kind of make sense? If you're in an area where you know the police aren't going to come, you're going to hunker down and you're going to take care of, your, of, of yourself. Guess what's going to happen to property values? Well, they're not going to increase, are they? No, they're just not. Um, you're going to see some, what in the appraisal world is known as external depreciation, and that's market circumstances are going to take place. Like if interest rates jump through the roof, you're going to see property values go down, right? People can afford less. People in areas where crime is rampant, they're not going to want to live there. They're going to move out of there. You've also, you've already got the Seattle City Council trying to tax big business. Those businesses are going to move out. Now you're going to have people moving out because guess what? They don't feel safe in their own neighborhoods. Rufo said it would be a win for criminals because fewer officers would be patrolling Seattle streets. All right, that makes total sense. You're going to have a criminal class that will be able to operate with impunity. That's what I was saying earlier. You're just going to have these levels of criminals who they know they're not going to get investigated. And even if they get arrested, eh, 
not much is going to happen. They'll be out in a day or two. Nobody's going to really prosecute them. Let's keep criming. Let's just keep doing it. In a video statement to her officers, Chief Carmen Best said that she would fiercely advocate that the city focus on realistic, rational, and responsible solutions. I do not believe we should ask the people of Seattle to test out a theory that crime goes away if police goes away, Best said. This is completely reckless. It's an abdication of the duties every leader of the city swears to when they take their oath of office. The city's 2021 budget for the police department amounts to a little more than $400 million. David Lewis is one of the several protest organizers pushing ahead to cut that budget allocation in half. By reallocating those funds, we are building our community, not funding our jailers, he said, adding that at the very least, now is the time to try. By funding education, community, health, and housing, we are funding programs that will drop crime rates inherently. What? Let me read that again. By funding education, community, health, and housing, we are funding programs that will drop crime rates inherently. All right, so you give some more money to schools. All right, what's that, what's that have to do with the criminal element? Nothing. You give some more money to community, whatever that means. What are the criminals going to do? Go, oh my gosh, the community areas, they have funding now. Let's not go rob that house. Probably not. All right, you got health and housing. So you pump some money into community health centers and you get some more affordable housing. What does that do to the criminal element mindset? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. We are funding programs that will drop crime rates inherently. No, you're not. That's absolutely ridiculous. Jacqueline Helfgott, a criminal justice professor at Seattle University, says police reforms need to happen. I don't think anybody disagrees with that. Reforms need to happen. Okay, get some more training in there, whatever. But cutting the budget in half? That's just ridiculous. I'm very much supportive of most of what the defunding police support proponents are asking for, she said. But she said slashing SPD's budget would undercut positive changes like de-escalation training and accountability programs that are already underway. We're going to throw out reforms that are evidence-based, she said. They've been put into place to do the right thing. Yeah. And when you take away the police element, guess what? The right thing is not going to be done. One of the things I thought was so interesting is when you had two protesters in Seattle, I think it was last week or last weekend, they are they were on the freeway or they're on I-5, the biggest freeway system in Seattle, goes into Canada and goes down to California. So you had protesters basically having kind of a street party on the freeway. They're going to do some protesting. Well, a car got up and on the freeway, and guess what? It bashed into two of these protesters. What did they do when the what? What did all the group do? What did all the protest group do when this happened? Call nine one one. Call nine one one. Well, now you've got a situation where protesters are calling the exact people they are protesting against and want to defund. So you can't have it both ways, can you? You just can't. You're either going to have police protection or you're not. And the way that the city of Seattle is going, from my perspective is they are going in the direction of, yep, we don't really want this police protection. We, we want to we defund the police. Okay, so next I'm going to look at uh, the letter that Carmen Best, chief of police, sent to uh, Jenny Durkin. She is the mayor and also to Mayor Mike Fong, senior deputy mayor Mike Fong, and city budget director Ben Noble. This is a letter from the Seattle police chief, Carmen Best, 
and it outlines, all right, if we do a 50% reduction, here is what is gonna happen, and it is not pretty. All right, the overall impact. The proposed 50 to $80 million additional council budget cuts together with the identified 20 million cut represents a 100% cut in the total budget for the fourth quarter for the police department. The only way we can achieve that level of cut within the last four months of the year is to terminate or transfer approximately 1,100 employees or over 50% of our total workforce. This would leave us with about 630 deployable sworn members in the department. 1,100 people. That's just nuts. Patrol operations impact. All right, currently there are approximately 775 sworn members in the Patrol Operations Bureau. Those are the guys going out, guys and gals going out. Even at that staffing level, we are often stretched to respond to emergency calls in our target response time of seven minutes. So the police department right now is already struggling with a crime flow, and that's at 100% budget. We all know that. Are there some departments that aren't necessarily... Uh, doing as much as they possibly could yeah but it's also there's kind of some policies in place for some of those departments they're like yeah we're not really going to investigate this quite as much um and i don't have really personal experience from that i've just kind of known what i'm told under the proposed budget cuts my this is carmen best speaking my only option that does not sacrifice public safety would be able to do all that we can to maintain the staffing and patrol Given the potential reductions, we'd have to have the entire police department function with less personnel than they're currently. Uh, we would have to take drastic action to maintain patrol capacity. It's also it's important to remember that through labor rules, our newest, most broadly diverse officers are in patrol, and they'll be the first that they're going to fire. So one of the main things is you're going to have to close the Southwest Precinct. Southwest Precinct was opened in 2003, and previously the West Seattle area was served by the South Precinct. Currently, the Southwest Precinct is staffed by 100 sworn employees. Redistributing these 100 employees to the remaining four precincts would help offset some of the impact of the cuts. So West Seattle, you're not going to have any police there. You're gonna have, they're going to have to come from other precincts. So your response time, it just goes down, right? 911 response. Patrol operations staffing would have to focus exclusively on 911 response. We would have to significantly cut or eliminate bike units, footbeats, community policing teams, and anti-crime teams. They're going to have to uh, significantly cut or eliminate those. That doesn't sound good to me. Does it sound good to you? If you're living in Seattle, maybe you just want to give this a try and just kind of see what happens. I don't. I wouldn't want that for you. This is not a good call. All right, and so we're going to jump down into investigations impact. There are 215 sworn members serving in the Criminal Investigation Bureau. These are the detectives who gather the evidence necessary to identify subjects, find missing persons, arrest child pornographers, recover stolen property, and help families of homicide victims get justice. That's who the 250 members are, our Criminal Investigation Bureau. In reality, under these budget cuts, it would make some sense to eliminate the entire bureau. Gone. The, uh, and focus on ensuring there were enough 911 responders to actual emergencies. However, I cannot do that in good faith, knowing the impact is what it could have on victims and our ability to prevent future criminal behavior. I would maintain some level of investigative capacity in the following units. Homicide and violent crime. 
this is the priority work of the Bureau, it would have to be significantly cut, likely in half, to less than 25 sworn members. So we're already kind of barely keeping up with homicide and violent crime. And now you're going to cut that in half. That's genius. I want to live there. Sexual assault and sex offenders. This unit will likely have to be reduced in half to less than 10 sworn members. So you've got 10 members of a sexual assault and sex offenders. So I hate to say it, but that is going to go through the roof. If you've got less than 10 members for a city the size of Seattle, I mean, what are people thinking? Under the proposed council, cuts I can see no way to maintain the functions of the following investigative units. Here's what you're going to have to cut out. This is going to get eliminated, and this is per Chief Best. Auto theft investigations. We currently solve a high percentage of these cases and recover vehicles. This work will have to be left to patrol officers when they are not responding to calls for service. So when they're not real busy, which they're going to get real busy, maybe they'll get to your stolen car. Burglary slash theft. This work will have to be left to patrol officers when they are not responding to calls for services. Your home is going to get broken into. Your business is going to get broken into. Your stuff is going to get stolen. And the best Seattle police is going to say is, we'll send out an officer when he's not busy answering a 911 call. That's what's going to happen. Domestic violence slash elder abuse family services. I would put this responsibility on our reduced violent crime detective, but it could not persist as a standalone unit. You got to slash it. It's gone. So domestic violence, elder abuse, family services. Do you want to see those eliminated? I don't really. I don't really want to see any of these eliminated. Fraud and forgery. That's a good one. This function would have to be eliminated, gone. Fraud and forgery, just don't have it anymore. I would ask regional and federal partners to pick up this work if possible. And guess what they're going to say? Ah, good luck with that. Gang unit. This unit staffed with 18 officers is the primary team addressing shots fired. This work would have to be folded into the reduced violent crime team and addressed when possible by patrol. So you've basically got nothing working with gangs now. Gang members just run run wild, right? I mean, why wouldn't they? There's nothing stopping them. All right, high-risk victims, internet crimes against children. The, uh, this unit is a national leader and addresses widespread victimization of children. However, it could not be maintained. I would ask regional and federal partners to pick up this work. Again, there's no guarantee they will, and why would they? Oh, yeah, let's take on some more of your work. We've already got a busy workload over here. Let's take on uh, Seattle Police Department's workload because their council is so genius. Narcotics. Patrol would need to respond to and address all trafficking of illicit substances. I would ask our federal partners, particularly the DEA, to play a larger role, uh, local role. Is that really their job? Because your city council is so ridiculous? I don't think so. So patrol would need to respond to and address all trafficking of illicit substances. So patrol is getting called out on all this stuff. They're already spread thin, and now you're going to cut it by 50%? Mm, that does not have a happy ending. Vice. All work on addressing illegal gambling and the sexual trafficking of adults would need to be addressed by patrol and by our federal partners. Again, you're taking all the vice and giving their workload to whomever might step up and take it. And guess what? Most of the time, it's probably going to fall through the cracks. So all of your, everybody who's worked up over sexual trafficking of adults, you probably want to let your Seattle councilman know this may not be their best idea ever. All right. Let's keep on going here. So we got vice. Other units. 
Here are some other units. I see no feasible way under the council's proposed cuts to maintain the following units in any fashion. These units are done. They are cut. They are out of here. The Harbor Unit. The Harbor Unit responds to criminal and other emergency events in all of Seattle's immediate waterways. We would have to leave this responsibility to the Seattle Fire Department. The Seattle Fire Department does not currently have immediate access to Lake Union or Lake Washington. So you've got nobody patrolling the harborways. Nobody. Lake Washington and Lake Union. You basically got nobody out there. How does that work? Probably not all that well. Traffic Unit. We'd have to rely on transportation experts to use education and engineering to address pedestrian and vehicular safety. There would be insufficient personnel to staff special events, including sporting events in the city of Seattle. So all the police that are there during Husky games, that are there during Seahawks games, that are during Mariners games, when things kind of get a little rough, those police officers, yeah, sporting fans, you are kind of on your own. Or those sporting events, those promoters, you're going to have to hire your own private security. That's what's going to happen. Because you can't have just craziness going on with 40, 50,000 people coming out of an event or going into an event. You've got to have some protection provided to these people. Otherwise, people won't come to your sporting events. Okay, here's the last one, the SWAT team. The SWAT team responds to barricaded subjects, mass casualty events, and other large-scale incidences. We would have to rely on our local partners to support us with their SWAT teams in these situations. Do you really want to have a police department the size of Seattle without a SWAT team? Now, I know King County has a SWAT team, but that's not exactly their protocol is kind of the, to the level of Seattle SWAT. I know people are going to say, oh, King County SWAT is, is fine. And maybe they are for, for some things, but... Um, with a city as, as big as Seattle, you've got to have a SWAT team. So what you don't, what you don't read in a lot of these articles is the specifics on what's going to be eliminated. And all of these things, who else is going to pick up this stuff? Who is going to pick up working on these crimes? Nobody. So you're going to have this crazy, I think in my opinion, now I'm not a law enforcement guy, I'm a real estate guy, but if I'm looking at having 50% of the budget taken away, What's that going to do to property values in those areas? I mean, it can't be good, right? I mean, that is not a genius observation. You've got a free-for-all of crime coming. I don't see any other way because I don't see the proposals for, okay, we're going to switch out this portion of the police department for this portion of the police department. You're not seeing that. We're just saying defund the police. And that a lot of that comes out of just a lot of protesting and the whole Black Lives Matter movement and a lot of rage that these things are going on. And I get that rage. I understand that. However, the response can't be, let's defund the police by 50% and kind of see how this works out. Because now you are bringing in a ton of people that are, they're going to be vulnerable. And guess what? The, the, the poorest of the poor, those are the people that are going to suffer the most because they don't have the resources to hire their own police security they're going to be the victims of a ton more crime. Because guess what? Nobody's going to defend them. The Seattle police aren't there. Now, I'm not saying the, police, the Seattle police are, you know, it's not a perfect system by any means. But what you've got now with current funding is a whole lot better than what you're going to have if you defund the police department by 50%. And I think there's already a movement going on 
in the Seattle police force. Who would want to be a police officer facing this kind of stuff? The stuff I saw, the things that I heard yelled at the Seattle police force by members of CHOP, I mean, they're horrific. If you said that to anybody else in normal civilian life, you'd be like, oh my gosh, that is so disrespectful. But on a daily basis, protesters just scream at cops, scream just obscenities and basically tell them to go kill themselves. You'll hear that over and over and over. And if you don't believe me, take a look at any of the graffiti in my CHOP videos. Just look. ACAP, that's the number one thing, right? All cops are bad. And it's not, B doesn't stand for bad. It stands for something else that I'm not going to say because I think that's really disrespectful. And so to have this kind of ongoing thing of all cops are bad, but oh, when something bad happens, let's call 911. So, I mean, you can't have it both ways. That's my bottom line. So pick which way you want to go. Do you want to live in a civilization with laws and society that has rules? Or do you want to go to the free-for-all that was chopped? And we all saw how well that ended up. That didn't end up well at all. That was just a bunch of armed bandits running around trying to claim their area in an area where Seattle leadership, our, our government, basically bailed on the police to force. What a disaster. I mean, we're basically made fun of all over the United States right now. The only place that I think is suffering more is Portland. And they've had like 43 straight nights of protests. And their police officers, there's videos online and YouTube. You can watch those videos. Some of them are a couple hours long. And you can just watch the stuff that is thrown at the Portland Police Department. It's horrible. And the number one thing I'm seeing is water bottles being thrown. But they're not just regular water bottles. They are frozen. You get hit in the head with a frozen water bottle from a ways away. That is, That could take you out. That could kill you. You get hit right here. Oh, not good. And that's not the only thing. And there's all kinds of other stuff and fire and fireworks and just the craziness that's going on. So my words of advice to the city of Seattle is you need to figure out what your priorities are, like right now, ASAP. Let your council members know. Their, all of their contact information is at the bottom of that first article uh, by Jason Rance. And that, if you Google that, that is Rance. Time to fight Seattle's defund police movement before it's too late. Reach out to your council members. Let them know how you feel and how you don't think defunding the Seattle police by 50% is a good idea because it's not. It is a terrible idea and it will have terrible implications if that is in fact what happens. So um, I hope that doesn't happen because that would just be a runaway freight train of social disaster. But um, you know, what are you gonna do? You can't get everybody on board an idea all the time, especially when you've got um, coronavirus and you know record um, unemployment and all these other factors going on. People don't have time to sit down and call their councilman or write their councilman. It's, these are not normal times. And I think that's a lot of why this stuff is happening is because it's an opportune time to slide stuff like this in. And there are very few news outlets kind of really giving much uh, time to this. And that's why I kind of, based on my experience at CHOP, that's why I wanted to kind of step in and do a, hey, what happens at 50% capacity or 50% of the budget of Seattle Police Force? What does that really look like? And 
as I read to you, I don't think it's great. I don't think it's an improvement. It's not an area I would want to live in, and I certainly wouldn't want to run a business there. So we're fortunate to be over here on the east side, although we are the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Um, we're a few miles away from the city limits of Seattle. And in this point in time, that looks like a pretty good thing because I don't think if this actually goes through and they defund the Seattle Police Department by 50%, that is not going to be a good look for Seattle. So Seattle citizens, do your part. Reach out to your council members. Let them know. This is a terrible idea, and I think most grown-ups are going to agree. Um, defunding your police, not where you want to be. All right, that's it for me. I'm Sean Reynolds, the owner of Summit Properties, Reynolds & Klein Appraisal, and your host of this episode of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. We will catch you on the next one. Thanks again for tuning in. Bye for now. to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.